Yo, party people, what's going on? Your man LB back with another What I'm Watching episode. This one is long overdue. I actually meant to record this joint a few weeks ago, but um, the power randomly ran out, uh, went out for about an hour that day. Like I literally came upstairs to record the joint, and as I sat down and started pulling everything up, then the power went out. You know what I'm saying? And it was out for about an hour. And then between now and then, this was like a few weeks ago, between now and then, I just forgot about it, didn't have time for it or whatever. But we're here now, and we're going to talk about what I've been watching um, kind of like through November and into December. Today is the 16th, so we're about halfway through December on our way to Christmas and New Year's and all of that, so... You know, we're not going to really do a lot of setup. We're just going to get into it because we got a lot of ground to cover. So let's go ahead and get with it. Um, the first thing that I want to mention is that I may have talked about it before, but I finally um, got rid of uh, Spectrum Cable. I think I came on here before and talked about how, um, you know, when Spectrum and Disney had their beef, that, you know, that pissed me off like it pissed a lot of people off because you couldn't get the, the Disney networks like ESPN and ABC and, of course, all of the, the Disney Channel stuff and a bunch of other stuff was no longer available on Spectrum if you had cable um, or their app because of this, you know, this, this contract situation that they had going on. So at the time, you know, I, I got up, signed up for YouTube TV Excuse me, I signed up for YouTube TV, and I really started liking it. You know, my original idea was just to use it as sort of a temporary solution so that I could watch college football and whatever else. The NBA was was getting ready to start at the time and all of that. So I was like, well, I'll just use this as a temporary thing, you know, and whenever they get everything straightened out, um, then I'll just, you know, stick with this BS. But as it worked out, you know, the thing went on for about 10, 11 days. You know, I was only thinking that it would be like maybe a couple days. Uh, but it actually went about 10, 11 days before they actually got everything straightened out. And, you know, in that time, I really started, you know, liking YouTube TV. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you can um, multi-view stuff. Um, the ease of being able to set it up and, you know, customize your experience just like with any other you know streaming service um you know it's really just a few clicks you don't have to talk to anybody on the phone um you don't have a bunch of red tape and all this extra bullshit going on it's really just a matter of you know clicking what you want or what you don't want and you know going on about your business so since that time i think um the last cable bill that i paid was the one for october and then and the, the few days in between, you know, that billing cycle ending and then the next one starting, that's when I made the phone call. Um, you know, the lady was nice. She was helpful. But, you know, it was a longer process than just a few clicks, like I said, to set up the YouTube TV or whatever. So um, got rid of them. I still have their Internet, but, um, you know, that's it. And my bill is so much lighter. Like, it's crazy what I was paying and what I pay now, you know what I mean? So definitely a good move, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. So, you know, there's no turning back at this point. Uh, first thing that we want to talk about in terms of what i actually been watching, though, now we now we know 
how I'm watching TV, especially, you know, cable TV. Um, let's get into some of what I actually have seen on the screen. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about is a uh, Netflix series, Blue Eye Samurai. Um, can't recommend it enough. You know what I mean? I don't know if it counts as an anime. It's an animated thing, and it's about um, Japan and, you know, Japanese people and stuff like that. But I don't know if it actually counts as an anime. I don't know the rules of that. So at minimum, it's an animated series. Um, it looks good. It sounds good. Great plot. Um, can't say enough about it. I really enjoyed it, and I know a lot of people online on Twitter have been talking about it. So I would definitely recommend Blue Eye Samurai. Um, without really giving you too much of it, basically um, the main character's name is Mizu, and, you know, she's got blue eyes, and, you know, you can imagine how that happened. You know, Japanese people don't normally have blue eyes, so whoever her dad is must be a white man. And, you know, knowing the history of things, it probably wasn't a consensual relationship between, you know, he and her mother. So Mizu was on a mission on a warpath to try to find out who the dad is, who her dad is, and the killer's ass. <laughs> because she's been picked on and, and ridiculed and called all of the worst things in the world because she was different. You know what I'm saying? Because she's an outcast, because she's got these blue eyes, so she's a demon, she's all these kinds of things. Like, you know how cruel and mean children can be. Um, and they get that from the adults, right? So she went through hell and back um, for something that she has no control over. So that's something that puts a, a, a major chip on her shoulder, and, um, you know, she's on the warpath because of it. So that's all I'll say about what, you know, the, the plot of that is, but Check that out um, if you haven't already. It's on Netflix. Um, the whole season is up there. It's, I don't know, eight to ten episodes or something like that. So it's, it's not going to take a lot of your time. And it's one of those things that I think once you get started, then you'll pretty much start rolling through it. Um, I have a coworker who just started it, um, I think, this week. and um, He told me he was going to get started with it one day. The next day I saw him. I was like, what did you, you know, did you did you start the show? And he was like, yo, it's really good. So um, I think that at the time he may have only seen the first episode, but by the end of the week he was like maybe one episode away from being done. You know what I mean? So he was into it just like I, I told him he would be. And we talked about a few things here and there. Um, at some point we'll have to talk about uh, the finale because – um, the last time we spoke about it, he hadn't finished it yet, so I didn't want to tell him, um, you know, what's going to happen there. And the, and the, they got some news for the show, too, because they um they got renewed for a second season. So there will be another season of this show, and I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. Uh, moving along, um, the next thing that I want to mention is uh, I saw the Marvels at the movie theater. That was, like, at the end of November. Um, pretty solid joint you know what I'm saying um I enjoyed it it was it was fun to watch uh there was a few things here and there that maybe could have been better or you know may have made me roll my eyes but in general I thought the the movie was good um it was a nice matinee you know what I'm saying I, I went um like late morning early afternoon whatever day I ended up going and uh I thought it was I thought it was good so shout out to that um I watched uh, this joint called Get Gotti on Netflix. 
and that was pretty interesting. It was about John Gotti and how he um, became the head of the crime family. I want to say it was the Gambinos, how he basically set up the the previous boss or the previous Don to be murdered, and then he ended up taking over, and his sort of rise to fame and popularity and infamy as well because obviously he was a very violent person and um, you know he was you know doing all the illegal things but he was also very charismatic he was in the news a lot he kind of sought that he was kind of like a celebrity don you know what I mean like a lot of those the other people you know at his time and people that came before him a lot of them were they were trying to keep their shit quiet you know what I'm saying I mean to a certain extent they were known but you know, a lot of those guys didn't really sort of like seek out the spotlight the way that John Gotti did. So on this little uh, series, they talked about like all of the things that went into, you know, him becoming more and more popular and more famous. The whole Teflon Don thing, you know, where there was a period of time where you couldn't. Um, we knew people knew that he was in the shit and that he was doing shit, but. They couldn't make anything stick to him. So they said he was like Teflon where everything just fell off. You know what I mean? So that was a very interesting thing to watch. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, the next thing that I talked about that I want to talk about was uh, watch a documentary called Welcome to Rap City. Um, I think that was put out from, I forget who, who put that out. I watched it on, I believe, on YouTube TV. So it may be a, a, a BET thing. You can Google it, and it'll tell you where you can watch it and who who produced it. But it was called Welcome to Rap City, and it was a documentary about the show Rap City that we all used to know and love, how the show was created. Um, it went through the, the history of the show, the different hosts that were on there, um, you know, how the show kind of evolved as hip-hop evolved and all that kind of stuff. And it was really cool to see everybody everybody's still, you know, alive and well, and, you know, everybody looks good. You know, they say black don't crack, so, you know, all the fellas, you know, they still look nice, and Big Les is still very beautiful, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to her. Um, I had a crush on her back in the day, still do, so <laughs> shout out to her, you know what I mean? Um, that's pretty much it, though, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much all I want to say about that. Uh, next up, been watching a lot of basketball, you know what I mean? We are full swing with basketball season now. Um, this is mid-December, like I said. So the NBA just completed its very first in-season tournament, a.k.a. the NBA Cup. Uh, the Lakers, shout out to the squad. We got the first championship um, in-season tournament. For those that don't know, um, the in-season tournament kind of, I was, um, and I, I wanted to mention this later, but I'll go ahead and say it now. I had the honor of being on um, my man Bossa from Firestarter. He's got a new uh, podcast. Um, he's got a couple new ones. Uh, one of them is called What You've Been Watching, and the other one is called We're Better Than You. The We're Better Than You joint is a college basketball podcast that he hosts with my man C.A. Huggins. Um, and it's very Duke and Kentucky-centered. C.A. is a Kentucky fan. Bossa is a Duke fan. And so, you know, they get on there talking that shit. Um, you know, I'm a Carolina fan, so I ain't trying to hear all that propaganda <laughs> when they on their high horse. But, you know, as as things go along, like we 
Carolina actually plays Kentucky today. So um, if we beat him, I'm a damn sure tune into the next episode to hear what CA got to say about his team taking the L to mine. But um, check those guys out on that one. Um, listen to them, rate them, review them, all that stuff, man. Um, but the other show that he does, in addition to his main show, which is the Firestarter Podcast, like I said, the other new show that he's doing on his own is called What You've Been Watching. And it's about, like, you know, basically what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, people talking about what they've been watching, sort of their kind of history of um, of TV and movies and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was recently on there. Like I said, I think my episode might be number 10. Um, so check that out. You know, we had a great time chopping it up about uh, like the Golden Globe nominations and we talked a little bit of sports and we talked about um, you know some of the other stuff that we've been um, watching or whatever a uh, couple things that you know may end up on today's list for this show but the reason why I bring it up not only just to, to thank him and to you know tell y'all to check me out over there as well and to check you know subscribe and like and, and listen to what you've been watching um, and also Firestarter. So with him, Firestarter, what you've been watching, and um, we're better than you. But when I was, when you hear that episode that I was on come in, we're kind of talking about sports when it comes in, right? And I don't know, I can't remember if he had started recording when I was talking about the in-season tournament, but I was kind of explaining it to him um, because he hadn't really been paying much attention to it. So he was kind of unsure about, like the way that it works. And the reason why I'm bringing all of that up is because I'm going to tell y'all the same thing that I told him. If you're familiar with like European soccer or even like college basketball, like in college basketball, they play all these different like little tournaments and classics and stuff like that in the beginning of the season, right? So the season starts like at the beginning of November. So you got, you know, from then until the, the holidays end, is when people play, like, their non-conference games. and They'll play, like, the Maui Classic, Maui Invitational. Nowadays, you have, like, the Battle for Atlantis, which Carolina was in. We were in that this year. Um, we didn't make – we played in the third – we won third place. We lost to uh, Villanova. Um, so we didn't play in the championship. But back in the day, you had, like, the Great Alaska Shootout. And there's all these kind of, like – early season I think today the Kentucky game is actually like the CBS classic or something like that right so there's all these little things that pop up early in the season and like um, with the World Cup I think that was the analogy that I used when I was talking to him you know like in the World Cup um, they have like group play and then you advance to knockout rounds and all that kind of stuff so the way that I think of the in-season tournament is kind of like those early season college joints or, you know, when you watch Euro soccer, they're playing their regular season, but they're also playing for, like, you know, FIFA qualifiers and different things like that that kind of pop up. So the in-season tournament was set up for regular season games, and it wasn't every Tuesday and Friday, but the games that were played in the group play stages were Tuesday and Friday nights. And what they did was they came up with these, like, really crazy, creative-looking courts. So if you tuned into a random NBA game and you saw a red court or a blue court or, you know, purple or whatever, some wild-looking shit, 
that was an in-season tournament game. And they count towards the team's regular season record, but then you've got your tournament record. And then, like, they so they split all 30 teams up into these groups. I think it was, like, a group of four. So four teams are in one group, you know, and four teams are in another group and so on. And then they all play each other eventually, right? You know, it's just your regular season schedule. But they're keeping track of, you know, who's winning these particular games. And then the thing that kind of, like, could be the difference maker would be the point differential. So, like I was telling Sam or like I was telling Bob, like, there was a situation where in one of the groups um, there were, like, three teams that had identical records. They were all three and one in the in-season tournament at, at that point. But only one of those teams ended up advancing to the knockout rounds, the quarterfinals, and the other two didn't make it. Um, and the reason why that team was able to advance and the other two didn't is because the point differential. So they won games by more points than the other teams did. Like when you added up the games that they won, the three games that they had won, the total uh, margin of victory was bigger. So like let's say if you add all of theirs up, they won all of their games by like a total of 50 points. And then like let's say – the second team that had the exact same three and one record, when they when you add up their total, you know, victories or whatever, they may have only won their games by a total of like thirty points or something like that, right? So, because that team was able to outscore their opponents more than the other ones were, that was the team that moved on. So, they ended up having the quarterfinals, which was another home game for the higher seeds, and then they sent the um the teams that advanced to the semifinals, they all went to Las Vegas. Um, so that was uh, – I'm not even going to try to remember all the teams or whatever. I think I do, but I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try to name them all. But it ended up being that the Lakers and the uh, Indiana Pacers advanced from the semifinals to the finals. So we played them in the finals. Lakers won that game. The thing that was unique about the championship game, though, was that that one is the only one that does not count towards the regular season record because it's an extra game. So the way that they have it set up is that whoever makes it to the finals of the in-season tournament is not – that game won't count towards your regular season record because it'll be an 83rd game for those two teams. So that game will stand on its own. But when you look at the teams, like the Lakers' final season record, when the, when the season comes to an end, the overall record for us and for the Pacers will be out of 82 games instead of that, you know, that championship game being uh, counted in that. But what I liked about the tournament, and hopefully that makes sense to y'all if, if you didn't already kind of understand it or whatever, but what I really enjoyed about the tournament was that once and you could tell like the players were a little bit unsure about it in the beginning and of course the fans and the media and everybody was like what is this I don't understand it I think people made made a mountain out of a molehill with it and and were doing too much and acting like it was like some unheard of thing it's it's something that they do in other sports um and they do it all the time and it's it's very successful or whatever it was just new you know, people don't like new shit, right? So everybody was resistant to it because it was something that was new and it was different. But I was open to it, and I, I thought that it would, you know, it would take a little bit of time maybe to kind of understand 
exactly how it works, but I was I was with it. And, and it ended up being a great thing because I think that once the players kind of like got a few games under their belt and once they kind of like started to understand the point differential thing was important and stuff like that, like sort of like the reality of it, then you could kind of see them getting more into it. And, you know, not only did you get a chance to go to Vegas if you made the semifinals, but the prize was um, $500,000. And for a lot of the, you know, top players in the league, half a million dollars ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they spend that all the time. That's, that's, that's nothing to, like, LeBron or Giannis or, you know, some of the big-name guys. But there's guys in the league who don't make as much money as them. And, you know, I know they said for Indiana, if they would have won the tournament, um, there's a, a handful of guys on that team who would have earned a sixth of their salary in one night by winning that 500000 So for some cats, it means more. But LeBron was one of the, the people that was the most tuned in to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't need the money, but it's another accolade. It's another thing to spark his competitive nature. So that's the thing that I think was the biggest part and the, the, the biggest key to the success of the tournament this first season was the fact that, like, niggas cared. Like, they were playing hard. You know, there was some, there's been some really good games and performances throughout the season so far anyway. But when you put that type of uh, stakes on it and, and there's, bragging rights and they they created a new trophy and there's a trophy for the um for the championship there's a trophy for the MVP everybody on the team gets medals and then they have an all tournament team which is like a you know the award that they get for that is like a ball it looks like it's a basketball or whatever um not a regular ball but it's like a I don't know if it's glass or whatever it is but it, it looks really dope though um so I think that like you know, because there's always people that are like, man, I don't really pay attention to the NBA until, you know, until we get to, like, Christmas time and all of that. And that's that's all well and good. You know, I, I'm always with it. I'm, I watch the NBA from opening night until the last game of the finals. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm with it. I, I have league pass the whole nine. I'm, a, I'm much more of an NBA fan than I am a college fan at this point. Um, there was a time when they probably were about 50-50. But at this point, I don't really watch college basketball like I did. I really just care about Carolina. And, you know, I check out UConn as well. Um, but, you know, I'm really just here to watch my team. You know what I'm saying? Like, occasionally I may watch another game. But for the most part at this point, Carolina basketball or the NBA is what it is. Once we get into um, the conference tournaments and then, of course, the NCAA tournament, then I'll be watching, like, other games that don't have nothing to do with us. But until then, like, for the whole regular season, I'm probably not going to really just sit and watch, you know, too many college games where we're not involved. You know what I'm saying? Um, but with the NBA, you know, there's so many stars. There's so many teams. Again, going back to this in-season tournament, I had seen the Pacers. I had seen Tyrese Halliburton before. But – his performance and their performance as a team in the in-season tournament makes me want to watch them now for the rest of the season to see if they can kind of, you know, keep up the momentum that they built because they really introduced themselves to the whole world 
with how well they played in the in-season tournament. So I'm very happy with the way that it turned out. I think that um, the fact that, you know, the guys really did care, there's bragging rights, there's all these different things, that's going to make, like, the first quarter of this season a lot more exciting for everybody moving forward. There may be some adjustments here and there. There may be some things that kind of change or whatever, a few tweaks here and there. But overall, I think the in-season tournament was a great, great success um, in the first season. And I'm looking forward to the start of next season to see how it goes. And I think it would be dope if, like, they changed the court design too. Like, the way that they designed the course this year was cool. But it would be dope if they kind of changed that up from year to year. Where there is a specific design, there is something that lets you know that this is a tournament game as opposed to a regular game. Um, but if they if they could do a different design, then that would be cool. But yeah, I loved it. Loving the NBA right now. Um, looking forward to watching some games, you know, throughout the whole holiday break and the rest of the season. And of course, like with college, you know, I'm gonna watch my Tar Heels later. Hopefully, we'll be Kentucky. And, um, you know, hopefully have a, a great season there in Chapel Hill, too. Um, next up, uh, how to become a mob boss. I think I may have – I don't know if I said that already, but another Netflix joint um, series, pretty interesting. They've got a few other, like how to become a dictator, how to become this, how to become that. So if you've seen any of those, and it's the same thing, Peter Dinklage narrating and, you know, them kind of talking about certain people or whatever. So, worth a look. Um, next up is something that me and me and Sam talked about on What You've Been Watching. Again, check out that episode. Um, we talked about Bye Bye Barry, um, which is a documentary about Barry Sanders. And it was a really, really good documentary. That's on Amazon Prime Video. Um, Barry Sanders was a running back for the Detroit Lions in the late 80s and in the 90s. Um, you can look him up on YouTube. If you if you haven't ever seen him, if you don't know who I'm talking about, you can pause this for a moment. Go to YouTube, type in Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders highlights or whatever, and watch this man work. Like, he was an incredibly talented, dynamic, entertaining running back. Um, but he was also very quiet. He didn't really you know, mess with the media too much. And, um, you know, he wasn't, excuse me, he wasn't a person that was really, like, pressed for, like, records and individual accolades. So they talk about a few different situations where he could have gone for this record or he could have done this or could have done that, but he wasn't pressed for it. Um, Really good interviews with him and some of his family members and old school footage of, of, friends and family and things like that. Um, and it talks about his retirement. I remember, and I was telling Sam this when I was on this podcast, I was like, I think I I remember him retiring and it just being like a sudden thing. Like they were really about to start training camp. And all of a sudden he's like, yo, I'm out. But what I had forgotten was that he did that by sending a fax which for you young folks out there, a fax machine is a machine that we used to use to send messages. Like nowadays you can just email something or um, you could like airdrop it or put it in Dropbox or something like that. But 
back in the day, like you would send a fax, you could send a fax from one place to another. So he had typed up uh, a letter to the lines and to the fans and everybody and was like, yo, I'm done with this shit. And he faxed it and then flew all the way over to London, England. And so I had forgot about that part of it. So they get into that. They have um, his sons kind of interview him or, or not really interview, like they're having uh, lunch or something like that. And they kind of ask him some of the questions about his retirement, why he went to London, and things that people have been wanting to know for the last, like, 25, 30 years or whatever since he retired. Because he never really explained what it was. And it really wasn't, like, a big deal. I think he basically just said, like, I was just done. Like, you know, I felt like I accomplished what I wanted to. I think he said something about, you know, maybe, like, the team wasn't really as good or whatever. Like, he just... He just knew or felt that it was time for him to go. That's basically what it boils down to. Like, it wasn't any, like, major, major thing or whatever. It's just like, this, I'm done with this shit. Like, I got a sound mind, sound body. You know, like, over the over the last probably 10 or so years, we've learned a lot more about the, the permanent impact that football can have on a person's body and, and on their mind. And, you know, there's been some terrible things that have happened two football players, there's been a lot of things that have been terrible that, that they've done to people, to themselves, and all that. And in a lot of cases, because of, you know, brain injuries and traumas and stuff like that. So I guess Barry was just kind of looking at it like, yo, I'm pretty much in good health. You know what I'm saying? I might as well just walk away before I stay around too long and get fucked up for real. You know what I mean? So... Highly recommend Bye Bye Barry, even if you're not really a sports fan. Um, I think it's a really good story, you know. Um, so if you're not even really into sports like that, you can still watch it and still get something from it. Plus, you'll get a chance to see, like, some really awesome highlights and, you know, get maybe the story behind some of these situations and, you know, all that. So tune in to Amazon Prime Video for that. Um, another thing that me and Bob talked about on his on his podcast um, was the little brother documentary called May the Lord Watch. That's on um, YouTube. And Little Brother is a rap group from North Carolina. Um, currently, it's just two people, Fonte and Big Pooh. But um, in the past, it's been three people. So the two of them, they're both rappers. And Knife Wonder was the producer for the group. And it was the three of them for a while. They split up. There's been, you know what I mean? Like, they've had, they're one of those uh, groups that have kind of had, like, a very interesting and windy and twisty and bumpy road at times. You know what I mean? So, in this documentary, you get a chance to kind of hear how they met. They all met at North Carolina Central University. Shout out to all the Eagles out there. Um, they met there. Um, you hear how they met each other individually get the story behind like you know how they kind of discovered that you know Pooh and, and Fonte both rap and Knife makes beats and all of that and you know it kind of gets into the early times of them you know starting to record together how they chose the name of the group all of that and then of course it kind of gets into like some of the things that you know put strains on their relationships and eventually ended up with you know Knife not being in the group anymore and the whole story um, there was even a point in time where Fonte and Pooh fell out and they didn't talk for a long time. So they tell the story of how they got back together as friends first 
and then as co-workers, as partners and everything. Um, Ninth is not in the documentary, not being interviewed for it, rather. Like, he's in it. You'll see him. Um, there's footage of him and everything, and they talk about him, but he declined to be interviewed for the piece itself. Um, and I swear when they vet, when they first, first, first announced it, I could be making this up. It could be one of those things that I thought happened but didn't. But I swear to God, I saw like a trailer or a teaser for it maybe in like 2022 or, or 21, whenever they first announced that this was a thing where he actually was interviewed for it. So I don't know if they maybe actually did sit down with him and then at some point he did not. He just said, no, don't use that or what. But I swear I thought that I saw, because that was one of the things that made me really want to watch it. I was going to watch it anyway, but I, I swear I remember thinking for a minute, like, yo, it's going to be dope to actually hear him tell his side of, of how things happen. Because you've heard it from other people and you've kind of seen him tweet about it and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I was thinking that he was actually going to be a part of the, the documentary and, and, and all of that. But he wasn't in it um, in terms of being interviewed. But um, you still get, you know, some things with him in there. So I definitely would highly recommend that one, too. Once again, that's called May the Lord Watch, and it's on um, YouTube. And the last thing that I wanted to mention to y'all before we get out of here is the uh, Squid Game Challenge. Uh, watch that. That's on Netflix. Um, as you can tell by the title, it's, it's named after the show called Squid Game. The difference, obviously, is that on the challenge, people are not really getting murdered when they <laughs> when they get eliminated from the, the challenge or whatever. Um but it's interesting. It's kind of a reality show version um, of what the show was. Think of a show like Survivor or Big Brother or one of those type of things where people are put into these situations and it's kind of like a strategy thing, like a sort of a psychological thing, a physical thing where you're doing challenges and you're doing all this kind of stuff. People are forming alliances and double crossing and backstabbing each other and all that type of shit. And so that's what the challenge is. Um, they played a lot of games that are in the show. So for those that watch the show, they do red light, green light. They do, um, I don't know the name of the game, but whatever the game was that they did where they had to do the, the thing with the sugar cookie, they did that. And that one was interesting because most of the people, uh, most if not all of the people that are on the challenge had already seen the show. So they immediately got their cookie and started licking it. And, you know, if you watch the show, they don't figure that part out until, like, late when, like, people are already getting shot and all of that. So they had a little bit of strategy because they did watch the show. Um, but they did that one. They did the marbles thing at one point. Um they introduced a couple new things as well, so that was cool. There were a couple times where the contestants seemed like they thought that they knew what was coming next, and then there would be like some some brand new shit, and they were like, "Oh snap, we weren't you know we weren't ready for this." Um, and then you know there's a person that won, you know what I'm saying? There's uh, somebody won, and they show at the very end they show kind of like 
a sort of where are they now for some of the people. So for like the winner and for a handful of other people, you kind of see them in their regular life with their regular families and stuff like that. And then there's also a like making of documentary that pops up as well, like a 30 minute thing where they kind of talk about, you know, how they um, put the challenge together. And there's even a thing, I forget if it's, it might be at the end of the the last episode where the winner, when the, the winner, you know, emerges, but there's a thing on there where they give out the information for people to contact them if they, if they want to sign up for the next season. So there is that too. So I guess there'll be at least one more season of, of that. Cause there's, of course, there's going to be people that are going to try to, you know, get on there, get their big break and also possibly win, you know, four and a half million dollars. So that's pretty much it, man. Um, I wanted to get on here and finally, you know, chop it up about these joints. Um, there's some stuff that I talked about with Sam on the podcast that I'll be adding to my list. Uh, show called Buried. Um, we talked about, like, the bear and some stuff like that. He watched the bear. I've seen, like, the first few episodes, but I couldn't really get all the way into it. Not that it was bad or anything, but so some of the things that you hear us talk about on his show may be, you know, added to my list for the next time that I record and do another one of these. But just wanted to chop it up with this with this list because I've been sitting on this one for a little while. Um, check me out on social media, Twitter, uh, three handles on there at L Brothers Media, of course at Look, Listen, Pod, and South End Cinema is the third one. Check me out on um, Instagram. Uh, I got three handles on there as well. Uh, L Brothers Media is the main one. I have LBM Food, which is pictures of food, mostly that I cook, but, you know, I've also got pictures of sushi or different things that I had when I was out somewhere. And um, South End Cinema, which is where you can just kind of see uh, images of things that I've been watching. So the stuff that I talk about on here, sometimes I'll just go back to my South End Cinema account and see what I've actually looked at, you know, in the last few weeks or whatever, right? So South End Cinema, LBM Food, L Brothers Media on uh, Instagram, and I'm on TikTok, L Brothers Media, kind of random stuff, a lot of cooking videos, um, but there's just, you know, random things on there. So you can fuck with me on there, too. And like I said, check me out on what you've been watching. Um, like I said, the bar. Hopefully one day I'll get the call to be on the Fire Starter podcast with them as well one day. Um, it was a great time talking to him, though, on uh, on what you've been watching. Hopefully I get a chance to go back on there, too. Um, might have to get him and, and bring some people over here, too, with South End, like um, kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, where we chop it up about different stuff and, you know, kind of see what everybody's interests are in terms of, like, TV and film and all that. So, yeah, man, that's pretty much it, man. I'm going to go ahead and end this thing and post it for y'all to be able to listen to. I'll holler at y'all sometime soon, man. And if I don't catch you before um, the holidays finish, have a happy and safe holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah whatever else there is that people celebrate. Um, be safe out there, you know what I'm saying? 
stay out of trouble <laughs> and hopefully you know you get some good presents and, and more importantly spend time with those that you love I know this time of year can be very hard for people sometimes so you know if you're not really feeling the holiday spirit you know if you hear the sound of my voice and other voices that you like to listen to in terms of podcasts or any other entertainment or whatever you know hopefully stuff like that can bring you some kind of joy so just wanted to say that but that's it for now man i'll let y'all peace <laughs>